You're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we're joined by Lizzie Benzer with the Red Door Group. Lizzie, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Sterling. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So Lizzie is is from my hometown, well, nearby my hometown. She's from Zachary, Louisiana, and she uh, started in real estate as a realtor and, and then moved into being a real estate broker. And today she has, I believe, 30 doors on the investing side. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Awesome. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? Kind of tell us the, you know, the background story, what you did before real estate, how you got into real estate and, and kind of what you got going on today? Yeah, so this is my 13th year in real estate, and I didn't do anything before. I was in college. I dropped out when I was 19. Um, My dad said I had to figure it out, so I literally Googled um, things, you know, certificates I could get quickly, and real estate came up. You know, the threshold to become a realtor is not very high, and so I I took the real estate course, got my license in a few weeks, and and started. I started with Keller Williams. was in a really great office, had lots of agents that just took me under their wing and helped me. And I just hustled really hard for a long time. Nobody wants a 19 year old to, you know, sell their house. Who tr- who's going to trust a 19 year old with that? And so I was doing a lot of door knocking, a lot of foreclosures and, you know, um, taking a lot of things that just more experienced agents didn't want to fool with lower end properties. And, and so I really learned a lot about investing and, working hard and, and all of that, um, just kind of going above and beyond because I had to, I had to make a living and I didn't have a backup plan. And so started doing that, um, about seven years or so ago, started Red Door Group with my partner, Robin, we have a team of 11 and my first investment property was my husband and I's first house. Uh, we bought it a little cute little house in Zachary, fixed it up, lived in it, um, had two kids in it and then moved on to our next house and did the same thing with that, fixed it up, lived in it, moved on. And so now we have, um, you know, 30 doors, we have three car washes and, and just kind of continuing to grow buying deals as we, as we see them, I'm still active in real estate sales. We sell about 150 homes a year. Um, so, you know, that, that is a full-time job. Um, and then I have a good property manager in place and, and all that stuff with, with the other thing. So it's really just been about building the right people, surrounding myself with the right people, because that's, that's how you make these kind of things happen. Absolutely. It's, it's very much a team sport, isn't it? 100% it is. Awesome. So what type of houses are you buying? I'm um, basically kind of what's, what's the price range? What do they usually rent for? What condition and how are you financing them? Um, I, I started buying single family in Zachary, like in the middle of Zachary, where, where I live. Um, I kind of lived right in the middle of, of my first five or so houses because I was self-managing. Um, my uh, MO there was just, you know, maybe be in all in around 100000 or so. They're renting for 1300 or so a month. Um, and as I got more experienced and, you know, built more capital, I've kind of strayed away from that. Just the numbers weren't, weren't, weren't cash flowing as, as much as I knew I could be. So my last couple of buys have been um, multifamily, uh, you know, some 
duplexes, some fourplexes. And, and so you're just, they're cash flowing a lot better. You know, I'm getting, you know, all in maybe 150, 180,000, but I'm getting 3000 or, you know, 3,200 or so a month in rent. Um, and they're, you know, it's not hard to manage. I, I don't self-manage anymore. It's just, been, it's, I have four kids at home under the age of seven. So there's no time you can't <laughs> do everything, but, um, but, um, yeah, so the numbers just work better. So I like, um, I mean, I'm kind of open. I, I like it all. You know, I prefer brick on slab, but I do have some off the ground. Um, I try to keep a flip going at all times um, right now. So for financing, I've done everything from pan cash to financing 100%. Just depends on the deal. Obviously, when you pay cash, you can you know, you have better leverage and more negotiating power, but of course that wasn't an option for me in the beginning. So, you know, I saved a little money. I was, you know, with, you know, living in house and renting it out, you know, kind of house hacking. Um, but a lot of local banks, I think one of the best things you can do for yourself as a new investor is build a good relationship with a local bank. They'll do the creative financing for you. If your deal is good enough, you can finance 100%. I've done that before on some stuff. So, you know, I usually buy maybe something for 50 to 70,000 put you know, depends 30 to 50 in it, depending on the house, depending on, you know, if it's a flip or a rental, of course, you're, you know, how you're fixing it up um, varies depending on that. So really numbers are not my strength. I'm, I'm not great at that, but I have some good people that I've surrounded myself with that, that are, you know, I understand my numbers as far as where I need to buy, where I need to end up, but, you know, I, I'll, I have a good crew in place that helps me kind of um, vet deals and, and decide what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. Awesome. So you mentioned a couple of times that you, you, you used to self-manage, but you don't self-manage anymore. And when we had lunch a few weeks ago, you told me about the story of oh, when you God. stopped doing that. Can you share that with us? Oh gosh. Starling, <laughs> yes. um, yeah. I mean, I, a property manager, I think they're saints. You just have to have special set of patience and a skill set that I do not possess. Um, I'm not, I'm not super tolerant. I guess people, you know, I take it personal when they're not paying your rent, you know, rent because I feel like you're taken from your, you know, they're taken from my family. They agreed to pay me rent. And so I I did, when I decided to stop self-managing was um, so embarrassed is when I sat in a lawn chair in the front yard of a renter's house and didn't leave until she agreed to pay me rent. And um, it didn't really end well. And so my husband told me I'm not allowed to self-manage anymore. And so the, it's now I just build in a property management fee when I'm then, you know, doing my deals because it a good property manager is worth I think double what you pay them, triple what you pay them. And, um, and also, I mean, nothing breaks at a convenient time. I mean, you know, Starlin, you've you've done that before. It's like that you're getting calls late at night or on the weekends and, and it's just, you'll run yourself ragged. So for me, it's worth, you know, having a good property manager in place. Well, well, for me, there's, there's really no other way. I mean, I've, I've like, I've like tripled, my volume and my, my growth overnight when I, when I mm-hmm. got a property manager, I've, I'm very fond of saying that, like, uh, I, I felt like I got a shiny new card that day. That's how excited I was to turn it all over. Cause I've got a similar embarrassing store, like, you know, shit hit the fan story of when, yeah. when yeah. I gave over the property management, but, um, 
but I, I mean, I, I very much remember doing that. And I look back at like the growth, like the exponential growth I've seen in my business since then. And like, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have the apartment complexes. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't be doing all the birds. I, I you know, my wife would probably hate me. Like I, I just, I, I was so entrenched in like dealing with the $10 task associated with those, you know, 18 units at the time that I just didn't have time to grow. And I didn't, you know, like it was, it was so valuable. I am big on, on pretty much outsourcing everything I can now, you know? Yeah. They, my friends call me like a master delegator. It's what I'm probably my best skill set, And I really do believe in doing what you're, what, you know, playing to your strengths. So doing what you're really good at, I'm very big picture, I like the thrill of the deal. I like to negotiate, get it under contract, buy it, and then and kind of hand it off. Um, and so I, I kind of take that strategy within, in all aspects of my life. I mean, we only have a certain amount of, you know, time in a day. And, and I don't want to be in the weeds with, you know, broken water heaters or chasing sure. down rent and all that. And so um, I think it's really worth it. And I think sometimes it's hard to make that leap and justify it in the beginning. But the right hire, you know, more than pays for itself. And so that whether you're hiring an admin, property manager, what, you know, whatever it is, they, you know, if you make the right hire, you're going to make, you know, double, triple, quadruple that money yeah. back. Which, I, know, I did the math on it and I, and I should, probably shouldn't have done the math because that's what helped kept me holding on. So long. I'm like, man, I'm going to lose $3,000 a month, you know, like looking at, at the, you know, the, the management rate and then the leasing fees and, and all that kind of stuff. And then the fact that they're probably, and, and, and this is true, you no property manager fills units as fast as I did personally. And, and, and I wouldn't expect them to, because, you know, I was meeting tenants at seven o'clock, 7 PM on Friday nights to show houses and like 10 AM on Sunday mornings. And like no reasonable property manager could be expected to do that. But what I've, what I did found out is that I was terrible on the maintenance side and I would spend, you know, twice as much money trying to solve a problem that they like already knew how. So, so, you know, not only, I mean, that not only did I get my time back, but, but I probably saved money on the maintenance side because they were more efficient because they knew what they were doing. Um, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I almost, you know, now I look at what I pay my property managers and I'm like, oh my God, is that all, you know, for what they yeah. do? And I'm like, you know, you, you know, you have different seasons in your life. And right now the season of life I'm in is where time is more valuable than anything. Sure. And, and I want to be, you know, home with my family as much as I can. And, and so you have, I mean, you just can't do it all and you can't do it all well. And so, right. yeah, I'm, I thought I was good at vetting tenants, but but yeah, I mean, then the, you know, my handling them was, was not my strength. And then, you know, yeah, following up. And then my husband was doing the maintenance. So it was both of us all hands on deck. And it, it's just not, it's not realistic when you have other irons in the fire, you know, and, and you don't, we didn't have a, this great system in place that I find that my property manager has. So. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about the car washes. That's a little unique. We don't really have a lot of folks on the show that that have car yeah. washes. Um, we own three, two in Zachary, one in Central. We own them with an, another couple, some friends of ours. And it just kind of was a spur of the moment thing. The one, came, the first one came up for sale and we were like, 
why not? Let's do it. Then, you know, the numbers look good. I feel like um, the owner was not local and we're like, man, we're local and people like to shop local. And, and I think just, we have some good connections in town. Like we could really increase this business. And, and so it was, um, we just jumped in like kind of blind, but I think all four of us have a, we're really good at different things and that's worked. Um, we're, I feel like we're a good partnership because all four of us have very different strengths. And so it's been really great. You know, we've learned a lot over the, the years, uh, it's probably say years, probably been two or three years. Um, <clears throat> so we've learned, you know, the do's and don'ts and, you know, from little things like where to get your chemicals and your soap from to, you know, how to vet, you know, people are going to call and say the, the wash didn't work when it was really, you know, them and, you know, or the sure. wash damaged my car, but then you pull it up on camera, you know, just, you just kind of learn the ins and outs of the business. So it's, um, it's really been a good addition to our portfolio. And, uh, and so um, we have somebody that, you know, goes on site every day and does trash clamp and stuff like that. But, um, and we, we live right by the washes too. So we do some stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's really one of those businesses that you would never think is worth it until you get in it and you start looking at the numbers and um, it's, it's really been good to us so far. Awesome. So do y'all have plans to expand further in the car wash business or any other type of commercial investing? Um, yeah. I mean, we're always on the hunt for a good car wash where, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I mean, we're, you know, kind of sitting on go ready to buy one. If it, if one comes up, it's, um, I mean, we, we like to buy them, you know, the other one we bought in Zachary was a foreclosure. We like to buy them when they're down um, and, you know, kind of force, you know, appreciation on them. We know what to do to get those numbers up and, and stuff. So, you know, there's not a ton for sale around here and the ones that are, or, you know, the owners have already done what we like to do. So, sure. you know, so it's, you know, it's the deals are, we've bought three in three years, two, three years. So, I mean, you know, we're on track for about one a year. So, so it's just like anything else, you're looking for a value add play. You don't want to buy a turn. Oh, key. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to pay for somebody else's, you know, it's like somebody else's work when, when we can do it for, you know, way less than that. Absolutely. So you'd mentioned you like to have a flip going at all times. What, um, what do your flips usually look like? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sick. So I'm coughing. Um, they vary, uh, you know, usually resell, 200 to 250 you know I have one sure. going right now I, I bought it for 40 I'll put about a hundred in it and we'll probably sell it for 60 to 70 over over what I have in it so I mean it's gonna be a, you know a good one um you know I had somebody call me the other day and they were an out-of-state investor and they were looking for a flip with like you know profit margins of two to three hundred thousand I'm like that's not really <laughs> our market, you know, that's, yeah, you know, yeah, I feel yeah. like if you're making, Did you give them directions to Florida, right. <laughs> yeah. They were, well, they were calling from California. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's your market, not mine. But, um, so, I mean, I, I feel like for me personally, if I can, you know, clear 30 to 50 or so when I'm, I'm happy, you know, some are a little bit more, um, and also just look at like the time, you know, if I can get in and out of it really quickly, that, you know, that means a lot. The hardest part, and I know you know this right now is, finding good contractors and workers and, 
Sure. you know, material and supply chain, it, it's, it's tough. So, um, you know, just staying on, on top of, of people to do, you know, do a good job and do a good job in the, you know, the time frame because time and in a flip time is money, you know, and, sure. and if they're dragging it out, it's costing you money. Absolutely. What, uh, what would you have done different if you started over again, kind of going back? In retrospect, kind of what lessons would you give your younger self? And um, I would have started in a different area. I was buying in Zachary. I would have started, you know, property taxes. We have the number one school district in the state. So property taxes sure. are high here. I would have um, bought in a different area probably and maybe just started with multifamily. So I feel like I have, you know, um, I, I just started buying single family because that's really what I, I'm, a, you know, I sell residential real estate. It was what I knew. Um, so I, I think I would have done that a little bit differently. So let me, t- tell me a little bit more about the, the multifamily that you're buying. And because, you know, I have some duplexes in, in a decent area that, you know, they're $200,000 duplexes that rent, you know, for $1,100 a side. And that's, that's, I find that to be good, but most of the stuff and most of the duplexes and fourplexes at least what I find in like the greater Baton Rouge area tend to be in sketchier areas. Like you can go to like new Orleans and other markets around the country where it's like very integrated and they'll have these like, you know, $600,000 duplexes on like a really fancy street. We just don't have that type of layout here in Baton Rouge. So where are you buying your small multifamilies and like, what is the, what is the rent range and the, and the, you know, the client demographic. In those yeah. I, um, I don't, Mine are all in pretty good areas, but I'm not very uh, particular about areas if the numbers work. Um, I have one in Port Allen, which I think is a really underserved market. I, I think there's a demand. I've heard that. A demand in West Baton Rouge. Um, it's growing like crazy. And so it's a fourplex in Port Allen that I, I bought from a wholesaler. And it was a total piece of junk. Had to completely renovate it. But I'm in it for... With that one, I did the burn method, which I love that. And so I bought it for cash, renovated it, refinanced, pulled out more than what I had in it. Um, And it still cash flows. I mean, it's excellent cash flow and then use that money to buy something else. So I I think if you can get to the point where you can do the burn method on different, you know, start doing that, it it really works. Um, So that one gets about 32, 3,300 a month. And, you know, for four units, it's section eight, which is um, investors have different opinions on that. I love section eight. It's been good to me so far, but I have a property manager that's really familiar with it and really good at it. Um, I have another one in Clinton in the middle of Clinton. That is um, again, in a good area. Somebody posted it on Facebook and I'm, I was the first one to see it and jumped on it. Then I have some duplexes in the middle of Zachary, right in downtown Zachary that I just um, bought uh, with an, another, with a friend that um, somebody knew from church. So I think finding them, I mean, we know the best deals happen off market. And so sure. building those relationships and just putting yourself out there as, as a ready, willing and able buyer is um, so now I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm starting to get people come to me because I've, I've proven myself to be to follow through, you know, that if I yeah. say I'm going to buy it, I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to follow through. I'm not going to jerk you around and, and find that, especially those wholesalers like that, you know, they want to just a serious buyer to unload that property too. Yeah. The, I mean, 
you can't you can't overemphasize that point. You know, uh, people send me every I mean, everything I buy is from wholesalers and they they always send it to me first because they know I close every single time I would buy. I mean, I wouldn't do this with investor capital and like a big deal. But for like me personally in my portfolio, I would buy a big deal, a bad deal even if I didn't have to, if I'd already committed to buy before yeah. I'm going to get known as somebody who backs out. Yeah. It's just yeah. that va- my reputation is that valuable to constantly being the first one to get sent those things. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I agree. I'm of the last two or three, maybe three I've bought have been from the same wholesaler and, and um, you know, I've beat out multiple offers for the last two, you know, Last two, because I was, you know, I proved myself to be, you know, no BS. I'm just going to get it done. And, and they like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been in that situation yet where I feel like I had to buy a deal, a bad deal, but I'm sure one day that'll come and, um, and I'll do it. You know, your word is everything in this business. So I think that's, you know, your reputation and your word, and it's hard to, it takes a lot of time to build a good reputation, but no time to ruin it. Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, with the, this is a topic that just keeps coming up in my life with everybody recently, but you know, they, I also retrade as little, as little as possible. You know, I don't, you know, I don't try and be nitpicky. I don't try and negotiate. Like if the deal works for me at 80 grand, uh, I'm not going to offer 75. I've lost $60,000 too many times over trying to save five. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, 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 I negotiated, I pussyfooted around. And then all of a sudden it's under contract with somebody else because I tried to get it for 75 when they wanted 80 and I could have, I should have just been happy with 80, you know? Yeah. I think think that's a really important point to make. I have a client right now. I submitted an offer for them for an investment property. And we're in a multiple offer situation. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, you need, you're, you're going to, the deal still works if you offer X amount over list price. And that's what you're going to do if you want this deal. And, um, and so just because paying list price or a little bit over doesn't mean you're overpaying. It could also mean that they undervalued it or, you know, you, people get very caught up in what it's listed for and what they want, but I think you need to be more caught up in your numbers and does the deal work for you? Who cares what it's listed for? If it were, if the numbers, you know, you have a criteria and they fit in that criteria, then that's what matters to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reading a book right now. Um, Am I being too subtle by Sam Zell? Sam Zell was like, he, he, he was like, basically created the REIT industry, um, big, big time commercial guy through the sixties and seventies and eighties. And he says, he always tries to leave something on the table because you, you just, you do business with the same folks over and over again. And you just want them to, you want them to remember you as somebody who's easy to do business with and somebody who doesn't try and squeeze every penny out of them. Uh, there's a big misconception I find among business people in general, where they think like, like this brass tax negotiating where they can squeeze every last penny out of the deal makes them a good business person. And it's just not true. What makes you a good business person is building those strong relationships to where people want to keep doing business with you over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm as competitive as they come. I'd be lying if I say, I don't want to, you know, get the best deal possible and feel like I'm winning, but really, and I learned that a long time ago, being in real estate is, you know, which realtors are going to bring you the offers that, and they're going to close and they're not going to, they're going to guide their clients. And then you start to, you know, you start to kind of gravitate towards, you know, 
you're excited when they make an offer on one of your listings and stuff. And so it's, it's we're the same way with this. It's that just making yourself known as being, um, you know, just follow through that your word is your word and, and not, you know, if they're sitting at the table and you got the house, but they're so pissed and they're never going to send you another deal. Did you really win? You right. know, and no, you didn't. And so I try to keep that in mind and I really try and preach that to my clients because I think that's a lesson that anyone involved in, in any aspect of real estate can, should follow. Awesome. What's next for you, Lizzie? Oh, what's next? Um, I mean, we're for, as far as real estate sales go, we are like summer busy right now, which is kind of crazy for, you know, the week before Thanksgiving, it is, the market's been really good. And, um, and we are really thankful, man, we have a, some just awesome clients and we work mostly by referrals and I really feel blessed to be able to do that. Um, so I'm just going to continue buying. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to invest with you, Charlene, on, you know, a, a big deal. I'm, I'm excited about the thought about getting into, you know, big apartment deals. I feel like I've kind of mastered the, the single family, you know, fourplex, duplex deal. And um, I always want to do something new that I haven't done and, and learn and grow. So that's what I'm really, my goal for the next year is to, you know, be an investor in an, an apartment building. Awesome. We would love that. Love to hear that. Yeah. Um, real quick. I want to hop over to our radio round. Uh, we just got three quick questions for you. The first one is what's your favorite book? My favorite book is, it is, um, you want to know my favorite real estate related book or, uh, I mean, you can tell me both. Okay. I, I've, I, I never specified. Some people will throw out like, you know, some, some people throw out some fiction book, you know, some yeah. people will say the Bible, but I think the, the question is generally kind of geared towards real estate or real business. Estate. Okay. Okay. Cause I do have a favorite book. It's not real estate. Um, the millionaire real estate agent is a, a great book. Gary Keller. It's kind of like a guideline yeah. for, for being in real estate sales. And then there's the, you know, real, they have a real estate investor and, and a, a couple different ones that I think are great. Um, I, I um, I walk, I read a lot of more like articles and follow people on social media sure. and stuff. You know, I just kind of find people that are doing what I want to be doing. And so just try and surround myself with people that are doing not what I'm doing currently, but what I want to be doing. And so, yeah. um, you know, listen to podcasts. That's, you know, I found your podcast um, on Facebook. I mean, gosh, so social media is a double-edged sword for, for sure, but it's sure. been really good for me. Awesome. Yeah. I love uh, pretty much anything Gary Keller puts out. I haven't read the real estate agent because I've never been an agent. Um, mm -hmm. But I've, I, 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 early on, I read millionaire real estate investor and it's one of my like go-to recommendations. I also like the one thing, um, but one thing is that isn't a great book for anyone. And that's kind of what I talked about just a minute ago, it's like playing to your strengths. What is your one thing? What's your big why? And, and it can change, you know, as you grow and develop, but man, that is a, a really important book. I think for, for people in this business, somebody asked me what my kind of my recommendation was the other day. And when I find like kind of wannabe investors or somebody who would like to get started, I always like the first thing I do is I'm like, all right, go read rich dad, poor dad, millionaire, real estate investor, and the book on rental properties by Brandon Turner. And then like, I've got, um, you know, a million other recommendations behind those three, but I think that's a good starter pack for a nice baseline understanding. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I kind of learn by doing. And so I think, 
people can get like, you know, paralysis by analysis. And oh, just, sure, sure. Like they, they read, they have all the information in the world, but they just won't pull the trigger. And sometimes I'm like, just do it. You know, like, you know, your numbers, just you, you're educated. You've educated yourself. Just jump in, do it. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, just buy something already for God's sake. It doesn't matter if you lose money. <laughs> like I remember yeah. when I first started, I remember when I first started, I was like, I had this, like, I, I, I don't even remember where I picked it up, but maybe on bigger pockets podcast. I heard somebody talking about the law of diminishing intent. And it's like, when you hear about an idea or you read a book or something, you get all like pumped up and excited about it. And like, if you take action right then, like your, your chances of following through are like through the roof, but every like week that goes by that you don't do anything, your, your chance of like getting distracted and losing interest, just, you know what I'm saying? So I was, I knew I was like, I started I bought my first two rent houses a year before my first son was born. And I knew like, if I were to be introduced to real estate investing today, there's no way I would start right with the kids and the, the day job and all that. Like I just have so much going on. The, I mean, but, but I'm on my, I'm neck deep in it, you know, so I don't have any choice, but to just kind of grow my way out of it at this point. But, um, but if I would have, if I would have never started, I knew going into it, like, I need to jump off the cliff. I need to get in the deep end before all these distractions start creeping into my life. And I tell everybody, like I lost money on my first deal. I mean, I say I lost money. It's it, it appreciated like 70 grand. So I guess I didn't lose money, but like, as far as cash flow, like when I looked at like, all right, I'm going to buy, it was this little house in Baker. I'm going to buy it. And this is going to be my, you know, cash on cash return. And then like, I had a $8,000 sewer line, you know, I had a $3,000, some other plumbing thing. And so like, I mean, I didn't even figure it out for like a year, but like when I look back on, on the two years I've owned it, you know, I, I'm probably negative, but, it, but it doesn't matter. You know, the, the, really the fear is just taking that first step after you do the first one, you can, you'll just keep buying them. And this, this, this business is very easy um, at scale, like, because, you know, if you have a $3,000 problem when you only have one house, like that's your, that's your ROI the whole year. But if you have 50 houses, like it's, it's just like a drop in the bucket and it kind of levelizes out. So yeah. I always say like, people want to like buy that first house and wait and go, well, I want to see the proof of concept. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really work. I mean, you need, you need 10 to right, a larger right. sample one, size. Yeah. One isn't going to really cut it you know two is you know on the in the big scheme of things so yeah I mean people approach me all the time hey I want to invest in real estate uh how did you do it how do you do it and and I give them I feel like I give them all the tools I you know I I like you know pump them up I'm like a great hype man I'm like you can do this anyone can do this and uh and then they get scared I was so proud I had a client a couple weeks ago single mom bought her first real estate property. And, and that's probably been my favorite closing of the year. And it's not that it, you know, it, it was just so fun. And I, I was just so excited for her, but to watch her do this. And I mean, like what a big deal. And, and so it's, I mean, you can really like reshape your family's legacy. I mean, you can, yeah, it's achievable. That's what I want people to know is like, it's so achievable for just regular old people like us, you know, you can yeah. do it. Yeah, that's I get chills here and you talk about it like that because I, I, I talk about it that all the time. It's it, it a you you don't have to be, you know, super educated and super refined. Like you go to these real estate meetups, and you meet some of the guys are like, he's a millionaire. 
Oh yeah, I could definitely do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, and, right. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, I think what got me into it, I was like starting to meet these people and I'm like, oh hell, I can do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. you do this? This is what you do. I'm like, I can do this. And so it's, I think a lot of it's just about having the grit and like, <laughs> you know, just like having the, like the, the want and the drive to like go out there and maybe do a little bit more than what other people, you know, do the door knocking, do the follow-up, do the, you know, um, the fortunes and the follow-up is, you know, what people say. So I think it's, God, it's just so achievable. And, and I can't emphasize I that enough. I don't think people realize how like life tran- transformational it, it, it is. You yeah. know, if you think about, I always talk about like early retirement uh, because we will, we'll, we certainly will retire early. You know, and, and we'll likely continue to work because what else are right. we going to do? But not, but we don't have to, right? We, we'll be yeah. able to travel whenever we want. And, you know, we'll certainly never have to like answer to anybody. And so that's next year. Like if you retire when you're 40 versus when you're 65, that's an extra 25 years, you basically added to the end of your life, right? If you think about the traditional path where you like work 40 hours a week until you're 65 to retire versus retiring when you're 40. I mean, it's, it's essentially like tacking an extra 25 years of life onto the end of yours. Like that yeah. is huge. Being able to, to go to every single event with your kids because you're, you're never once at work. You know what I mean? That is huge. Being able to travel freely whenever you want, just waking up, be, being able to choose what you want to do every day. That, that is a lot bigger deal than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, it is. And until you work for yourself, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't realize that, but yeah, I mean, it's just being, being your own boss is not for the weak of heart. You know, it, it is because you're, you know, they say you're the boss and the janitor and all the things. And sometimes sure. you are, and it's, I've had to do some really crummy jobs and, you know, nasty houses and, and different and some things that just weren't fun, but, but also the reward and the reward is yours, you know, I mean, you get out of it, what you put into it. And so it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I am definitely on track for, I'm 32. I'm on track for early retire, very early retirement. If I want, I, I'm never going to sit at home. I'm always going to do something, sure. but just knowing that like you're doing what you, you don't want, have to, you don't have to do it. And so what you put up with, changes like all of that and so who you just, work with who you work with who you don't work with I mean it's just so exciting to know that, like you know my kids are still really young that I'm I'm gonna be able to you know like just be there and and I am there now and and just continue you know continue to just have that flexibility to to do things with them as um I mean you can't put a price tag on that you know absolutely so real quick our, our next question what's your favorite quote Okay. I have one that I do love. It says life has no limitations except the ones you make. And so I think that circles back to what I said, like just how it's so achievable and people put these limitations on themselves. Like I can't do it. I don't have enough money or anything. And I'm like, well, you know, buckle down maybe for a year and and save a little bit of money. You know, it's there. I like the, I like the little bit more hardcore version of that, which is the only thing standing between you and the life you want is the bullshit story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't yes I mean there's yes there's (laughs) lots I mean you were you know I tell people all the time like get out your own way like you are in your way move get go and just do it and and so it's um man it's so fun I've really just found my passion like helping people invest in real estate it's what I love to do personally it's what I love to help people do because it's so cool to like watch them 
as they grow and learn more and realize like how it's changing their life and how, you know, maybe they can shift out of that nine to five job into real estate. And, um, and so, but you know, a lot of people maybe aren't willing to put in the work that, you know, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing, but it is achievable for sure. Awesome. And what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? My favorite thing. Um, I play tennis. And so I'm, I like to play tennis. I like to be with my family. My, we live in a, a really fun neighborhood. We hang out a lot. We have people over a lot. We're social. And, um, so I do that, you know, hang out with my kids, hang out with my husband, play tennis when I can, not as much as I'd like. And, um, so I have a tight knit family and we, we, we are known as a good time. So we just like to to have fun for sure. Awesome. So how can our listeners find out more about you, um, learn about your company and get in touch with you? Um, we're red door group BR. We're on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at, or at red door group BR.com. Um, my cell is two, two, five, two, four, seven, five, seven, two, seven. I mean, feel free to text me, call me directly. Um, my cell phone's not a secret. It, it's out there on, on the website. Um, on Instagram, you can follow me on Lizzie Benzer. I am pretty, or Facebook, Lizzie Blair Benzer. I'm pretty active on social media. I'm not hard to find, not hard to reach. So I would love for you to reach out to me. Maybe even go to, you know, go have coffee, talk about real estate, um, have a phone call, you know, whatever. I I'm, I'm, would love to help anyone that's interested, however I can. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Lizzie. I, I appreciate it and uh, look forward to keeping up with you on your journey. Thanks, Darlene. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at RentRollRadio.com or Sterling at CrestworthCapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing. <laughs>